Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening this week. Before we get into this week's episode, we want to, first of all, announce some great news that our listenership has grown so much that we've been able to upgrade all of our sound equipment and all of our production equipment. The bad news is we're still learning how to use it. So please forgive some sound quality issues in this week's episode, in particular the first half. We mostly got it down for the second half, and we'll make sure it's even better for next week. Thanks again for listening. Life is short. Eat your caviar with your animal crackers. I bear the responsibility of all of my decisions. Good thing I'm always right. Hello, Hello. I'm Hunter Ho 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 Harden. <laughs> and I'm Papa the Santa Bear. And, and welcome, welcome to the Real House Bears. Oh my god. Oh, oh, it's so bright. It's so bright in here. Oh, oh, have, hello. Oh my. Hello? Who are you? Um, who are you, baby, oh. is the better question. My name is Crystal. And in 2007, I went into Mary Cosby's closet. And I've been stuck <laughs> there since now. What year is it? I know I've been in there a long time. What year is it? It is 2052. <gasps> My God. (laughs) Well, Crystal, welcome to the future. The future is the Real House Bears, and you woke up right here. Well, it all started when all those Sears catalogs and Circuit City magazines (laughs) fell on top of me. Thank God I had Beanie Babies to land on. Luckily, her son would kept bringing me water and little food here and there, but Mary never went in there. I never saw Mary go into that closet. She just threw things in there. And as soon as the the elk carcass finally disintegrated and the ribs finally broken, it gave me leverage to be able to squeeze my way out of there (laughs) using Beanie Babies as support. As as you, that's what Beanie Babies are for. Had to encounter some dangerous things like cats rodents, birds, and sparrows, and I even had to, like, give a a sample of blood to some kind of demon just to let me out of her closet. What the is happening? So I'm going to tell my story on your podcast today. Mary's closet is definitely important to another dimension. I didn't know what to do for this week's podcast. Well, I think it was perfect that you did Mary's closet because... We are not in the hot closet. No, we are not, y'all. We are, no. uh, we're completely different. We the probably sound differently. have upgraded, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got new sound equipment, so we don't have to literally empty the clothes out of my closet every week. So, yeah, if the sound's a little bit different, um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what all these little buttons do. We're fine-tuning things. Yeah, we are fine-tuning things. We don't want it to be... <laughs> What's this one? I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Awkward. (laughs) So, yeah, we have these little, like, built-in sound bites. We can even program in our own sound bites. So, you know, we'll put in, like, I love that. I love that. Maybe, so, um, 
it's rude and it's selfish <laughs> from Whitney Rose favorite. from like the, I think the first season yes yes so we are back but maybe out of the hopefully this sounds good when we're done recording it and we'll be out of the hot closet for good but you know the hot closet will always go back in our hearts and I mean the, our very first two episodes I think were in our condo in Mexico <laughs> Ooh, the sound quality is so bad. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you're like in a like a restaurant's bathroom, <laughs> right next to the kitchen. <laughs> you're totally right about that. But we're back after a week off. You know, Thanksgiving week was just a hectic week. We were also waiting on our equipment to come in and lots to do. And so we're, we've got two episodes to cover this week. Two yeah. really great episodes to cover. People thought that last week's episode, episode 11, was like a filler episode. I was like, are you kidding me? I thought it was hilarious. Oh my gosh, this butter trimming situation. If I could turn back time and watch that <laughs> over and over again. that My other podcast intro was going to be the lawyers from Shake Weight. Was going to sue <laughs> Heather Cave for stealing like the idea of the invention. Because that's all it is. It's yes. You're just doing jerk off motions. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about last week's episode, episode 11. If I could turn back town. Did you guys know he's a singer? <laughs> I'm a singer. <laughs> I'm a singer at Heather. Okay, so we start off at Heather's house, and we see Heather's house a lot in this episode, and every time we see it, I'm just like, that house is so effing big. It's huge. I mean, her other home was lovely and quite substantial. But compared to this new house, I just keep looking at going, dang it, look at that fountain out front. I mean, like, it's just so big. Um, but Ashley FaceTimes her, and this is really just setting up how Heather and Lisa are now, like, BFFs. How they've kind of done a reset and they've connected now. Yes, yes. And so to thank all of the women for their support, Heather is going to throw kind of like a little kitschy Pioneer Day celebration. Just to kind of be fun, to poke a little bit of fun about the things that are kind of absurd about their, the culture and things like that. Um, so, lots of activities, Mormon food, funeral potatoes. I love funeral potatoes. Oh my gosh, we, I can't, we'll talk about the funeral potatoes too. I've got a lot to say about the funeral potatoes. <laughs> Um, over at Monica's, um, Monica is really just pitting her daughter against her grandmother for a whole scene. And Monica gets to brag about herself, too, so <laughs> I, I guess that's great. So they're chatting about prom. Monica pulls out all of her old albums, and the whole time I was thinking, man, I have all these old photo albums, too. I need to find someone who will just take all of those pictures out and turn them into a digital photo album for me. Like, My scan them all and do all that work for me. Yeah, well, my mom, she uh, she has tons of photo albums, and every once in a while, I'll just grab one and just start going through all of them. And I know I've seen the pictures like a million times. Yeah, my mom actually just gave me all. I think my mom got tired of having all the old photo albums in the house, so she just gave them all to me. Um, so there's like a picture of Monica pulling Bobo's hair, and once again, Monica... Makes a dig at her mom. Yeah, like, even though she says that she doesn't like to get her kids involved, it infuriates me. We had a conversation about, uh, last night you and I had a conversation about like parents and how they raise and like how I, like personally how I was raised, 
my mom never like talked bad about like my dad or like anybody else. She let me have my own experience in life. So when I see Monica like, you know, training her kids to not like Bobo for all the things that what she went through. Um, I just, I just hate it. I don't yeah, like it. And, and this it's, scene, it, it feels like a divorce. And, well, and it just feels so fake right now too. This scene as well of I her, know. like, you know, I've talked about the bad things that have happened to me, but those things happened to me like years ago. I'm not gonna cry and tear up about them when I talk about them, especially when she's already had these conversations with her daughter. That's the thing. She's like acting as if this is a whole new thing. Her daughter had never seen these before. And then she's like, well, she's actually seen these pictures before. And I was like, then what, what, then what was this? Are, are we going to have any genuine moments this season with you girls? That was such a, like, uh, look at look at what a, a good person I am. You know, I don't, yeah. I just don't trust her. I mean, I just can't imagine being middle-aged and so bitter. So now we're over with Hot Sean and Angie. And let me tell you what, they quit. They're not showing all the restaurant names all the time. And it's upsetting me because, you know, I always want to know what restaurants are going to, because I might want to go to that restaurant someday. Yeah, I wonder why they do that. I don't know. It, it upsets me. I wish they would always say the re- show the restaurant names, and I wish that Hot Sean would quit wearing hats all the time. <laughs> Listen, I'll still do it, but I would prefer him to quit wearing hats all the time. Um, but this lunch is so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just uncomfortable silence for a minute, but, you know, that's, that's pretty much with every couple that's been together for a long time granted it is hyper uh, fixated on them not connecting anymore but you know right. like, there's times where you just sit there and you just play on your phone <laughs> well that's there's a thing as uncomfortable silence and there is comfortable and then just silence, silence. yeah but when the silence is just because of the fact that you're just not incapable of chatting with someone who you've known for so long that's uncomfortable silence mm-hmm. but for one thing, Sean owns or orders his steak medium rare plus. I've never heard of plus. Yeah, I've never heard of that either. My steak order, but I support it. Um, so they talk about Angie's like, you know, we're always in close proximity of each other, but we're just not close. Like I didn't even know that you listened to country music, and Sean's like, if you knew I listened to country music back in the day, and then it becomes a stupid argument about music. Yeah, she's like, I I just hate it, you know, and and then he's like, well, I hate the Humpty song, and she's like, well, I just don't want to listen, and it's just so annoying what their this argument is about. Yes. It's like, why are you guys arguing about music? But they do go, okay, well, this really isn't about the music. This is about we are distant. What are we going to do? What kind of work are we going to put in? to reconnect because you know we're hanging by a thread (laughs) (laughs) so at Heather's house again Heather is sitting out Wendy's burgers nuggies fries was there was there even frosties there I didn't catch I mean there she had everything but (laughs) Lisa Barlow on her way in (laughs) to Heather's house she hits a large rock (laughs) In Heather's landscaping. Now, what is funny to me is, you know, what probably already happened is Lisa had probably already arrived, and they said, "Hey, could you go back down the street and come back in so we can film it?" Oh no! And she probably hit the second time. Oh, that would have made me so upset. <laughs> Don't but when you say that's probably what probably. happened. They really love to film entrances. Yeah. So I thought that was. And funny. it was another opportunity 
for Lisa to say how much her car is worth, but she didn't. Right. <laughs> Dang it. Lisa, I need her to keep doing that. I know. We need you to be materialistic. <laughs> yes. Come on. Like, I just not interested. Well, she should also champion herself as a barbecue sauce professional. <laughs> Like, she is not afraid of a, a barbecue sauce on some white furniture. She ain't afraid of no fast food. So she's had it, like, she's driven and opened, uh, like, on the road. She's yeah. done that. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's probably got the way her fingers are wrapped around the sauce and holding the nugs. And like, the, what, the one thing that you could tell if somebody's rich or if you're just in a nice house is white couches. You will always see, they always have a white couch, but you will never see somebody, like, even middle class have a white couch because yeah. like it get it would never last I will never have a white couch no that is insane even if i'm the wealthiest man alive i will and i would just couch. hate to have a white couch because i would be stressed about it all the time that, yeah that's why it that's looks why. really good i'm a slob if you ever see me eat a meal whether it was it comes on the floor or in your beard or on well, your chest well, or a pile at your feet <laughs> so they chat jack's mission for a moment uh, Lisa really just does not understand what a mission is. <laughs> and then Heather tells Lisa that she wants the women to all go to Bermuda since that was the place that Monica spent her summer. Um, she still has family there, and Monica's birthday is coming up, so they want to go to Bermuda. Sounds finally, like a good idea. Finally, an, an international seat. trip. Yep. Finally, everybody can get trip. their passport. You know, season one, you don't get international because you ain't got the budget. Season two, you don't get international because one of your, your biggest story <laughs> is a felon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but Heather was like, you know, Monica, if we do this Bermuda trip, you have to make amends with Lisa, apologize to Lisa. And Monica agrees too. And so Heather conveyed that to Lisa here. And Lisa's like, you know what? I just really don't care about Monica. <laughs> yeah, she's basically a ghost to her. Over at the White Horse Spirits and Kitchen, see, we got a name there, <laughs> Whitney in this, like, pink tiger-striped outfit and black boots, I was like, yes, ma'am. Animal print is coming into vogue. Well, I, I support it. I, it was very 80s. Um, Angie K joins her. Angie K is thrilled to have some girl time. What do you mean, girl? You've been, you haven't been spending time with your husband. <laughs> I mean, you're hanging out with your daughter. That's girl time. Oh, true, true. <laughs> um, I would also like to know who the guy with the beard and ball cap sitting next to Angie K was. <laughs> I know. I kept seeing him. Uh, what was that um, website that you used? Craigslist, Misconnections. Yes. <laughs> you go. Um, so Whitney, or Angie K tells Whitney about her date night with Sean. Talks about their distance. Whitney says that she and Justin are going through something similar. Um, everyone's just kind of doing their own thing, so there's a void because they're not doing their things together. And then, Angie K flat out lies and says that she and Hot Sean are having sex in that once a week. How dare you! Liar! You are a liar! No, oh, that's what we're going to have to, our other soundbite is going to have to be Uba saying liar. <laughs> Liars. Liars. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that uh-uh, especially with how distance they can't even have a conversation at a dinner table. Yeah. Um, how are you going to be intimate with somebody in bed, especially when you have a, a double, a cow king or whatever they have? Right. They have a huge bed. They, they don't have, even, like, two king beds put together. Yeah, they have, like, easily four feet between them. <laughs> Seriously. 
Um, so Whitney says that last November, during their anniversary, she and Justin even had to have like a conversation of if they even were sure they wanted to stay married. I hate that. Yeah. And I, I like them together so much that I hate that this is happening to them. I don't I don't enjoy it. But Whitney says that she doesn't think it's natural to be married and monogamous. Um, well, and Angie is like, well, you know, only ducks mate for life. <laughs> well, it's not being right. the investigative <laughs> journalist that we are, Actually, I have to give this one to Hunter Harden. Hunter Harden immediately went to... Because I was like, that is not true. (laughs) And we found out that there are lots of animals that mate for life. Termites. Yeah, termites, y'all. Pigeons. Pigeons. The gray fox. Gray foxes, y'all. Wolves and coyotes. Yeah, wolves and coyotes, duh. Lovebirds, duh. Duh, lovebirds. Beavers. Beavers, yeah. Seahorses. Seahorses, men carry the babies too. Eat it. Swans. Yes, yeah, swans. Suck it. Which I like to call the bald eagle of the lake. <laughs> bald eagles. <laughs> we were watching that movie and that that oh that crow came in and I was like, look at that bald eagle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the list goes on. Black vulture, scarlet macaw, the Atlantic puffin, the goose, and even more. So. Angie yeah. K. So when Whitney says it's unnatural to be monogamous, I'm like, oh girl, your husband's getting too old, and you're, I mean, <laughs> and you're getting too old for him now. So you need to go find. And you guys have been I, together actually, for a long time. You're just restless. You're restless. <laughs> That's what's happening. You're feeling restless, and find, need to find a way to fill that hole. You know, you know what I'm saying? But you know what? Monogamy can still be monogamous, but you could still even randomly play with somebody far and few between. I mean, there's you know? a lot of, there's a, I guess a lot of different levels of what you can do that whatever makes you comfortable in your relationship. It's not about sex. Yeah, but don't bash somebody else's just because no. you're not comfortable with it. Don't bash somebody else's. <laughs> your relationship is hanging by a thread. <laughs> <laughs> the uh. best part of this whole this whole scene is when Meredith calls Seth a dirty, stinky boy. It kind of got me turned on. Because you're a dirty, stinky boy. <laughs> I am. I'm always a dirty, stinky boy. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> so when Whitney and Justin show up to Meredith and Seth's house, Whitney's like, okay, let me see the bathtub. Let's go ahead and squash this whole bathtub situation and let me go verify that your bathtub is clean. <laughs> but you know what? They didn't. I bet you it was dirty in there floor. Um, Whitney's like, um, if your podcast is called Hanging by a Thread, then why are we the first couple that you've invited to be on this? And Meredith explains, it doesn't mean that your relationship is like, really ready to end it just means that your relationship is unique it's about those times where life was hanging or your relationship was hanging by a thread it's not so much like you're gonna break up it's just hard times yeah or just really i think just relationships that are not always conventional you know the way that they got together was through you know an affair and things like that so um i get it i get it i get it but (laughs) and now i have been listening to hanging and something of a common theme is like Seth 
and Meredith both, like it seems they have a list of questions, but they're not in any certain order. They really like to just pick a question out of the list and run with it. So. I know. I love it in the beginning of the, of the podcast. Seth sounds like a, like a wrestler announcer. He's like, and here we have blah, blah, blah. But then when he's answering a question, he's like Geraldo or something. Right. <laughs> so I want to ask you about this. When was the, the craziest place you have had whoopee? <laughs> that was a very common question on the newlywed game. Do you remember the newlywed game TV game show? No, I was too young. <laughs> well, that was unnecessary. Um, but that was always the question. Where's the strangest place you've made whoopee? That was always the question. As a youngster myself at that time. Um, <laughs> <They're> like... <laughs> well, the strangest place for them was when Whitney was under Justin's work desk, which I thought was, uh, again, yeah, pretty hot. Uh, I can't say I'm... Um... <laughs> the craziest place I had. Yeah, I've been trying to think. I'm sure the craziest places I've ever had sex were with you. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm trying to think of which place was the craziest. <laughs> uh, I just know that at least like two of them could probably get in, tra- get <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> Choke on it. Choke on it. Yeah, we won't get into that. Um, the hardest thing that Whitney and Justin has ever gone through, according to Whitney was when Justin's dad passed and Justin couldn't be there. So Whitney had to really step up. And that was tough for both Whitney and Justin because, you know, Justin couldn't be there and Whitney had to be there when it, in his place. Um, but I love that Whitney also is like, but you know what, Justin steps up every day. In so many different ways. Yeah, and I think she forgets that it's seemingly in their conversations this season. Mm-hmm. The, all of their conversations this season, especially in Whitney's confessionals, have been a lot about what Justin isn't doing now that he's going back to work. So I, I was glad to hear her remind herself that he does do a lot of stuff for her. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike my husband, who, guys, the other day... Oh my gosh, here we go. My to... husband is the most Lisa Barlow... <laughs> person in the world. This is, <laughs> this is gonna be ridiculous. a long episode. But after watching this week's episode, I was I said to Hunter, I was like, you know, sometimes I wonder if maybe I'm not self aware. Maybe I'm more narcissistic than I think. And maybe I am a little bit like Lisa Barlow where I don't see any of my wrongs and I'm just always right. And his response Well he okay well, he sits there and praises about how good of a person he is to himself and to me all the time. He knows he's not like that. He know, and he sat after he said this. He sat there in silence. He wanted me to say, "Oh, bear, you know, you're not like that. You're such a good." He wanted a compliment. Of course, like he wanted a compliment. So you're looking for validation. <laughs> so the I just what I got was, well, that would be a good thing to think about. <laughs> I don't have time for this Lisa Barlow stuff. Uh, there were chills that ran through our whole house. I, icicles <laughs> formed on the. News. But that you are the most. That was the most Lisa Barlow thing you could have ever Lisa Barlowed <laughs> was start a conversation, pra- like fake praising yourself so that somebody else will be like, "Oh, you know, you're not like that. You are such a good person. You're not egotistical at all." That's what you do for your partner. Which 
might say something that you're pretty egotistical because you did want me to say something. Well, over at Quiet Meadow Farm, <laughs> Heather meets Emily, the event coordinator. Now, y'all, this pioneer day extravaganza is just beautiful. It's some of the best television I have maybe ever seen. I love this so much. <laughs> um, I love that Meredith shows up in these giant bell-bottom pants. I love that Lisa shows up in the highest of heels I've ever seen her wear. I, I just love... I, I, I love Angie, uh, Angie K. Keep rocking the glasses, girl. Next season, come back with something new. But people on social media are hating on Angie K. for these glasses that she continues wearing. But I think even... Lisa Barlow wears them in a scene in either of this Every once in next. a while. That's the thing is she's worn it once in a while. <laughs> I support the glasses. I just love everything about this. I love that when Monica shows up, she says, hi, Lisa. And Lisa does not even respond. I just love that when Lisa shows up, she's already horrified because she sees costumes. But then as soon as she tries the bonnet on and sees herself, she's like, okay, wait, no. I look really cute. I look so hot. So yeah, I'm going to dress in this. Like, just because I look real hot? Yeah, it's Pioneer <laughs> Chic. Pioneer <laughs> just like Jungle Chic in the next episode when they're shopping with Jack. This is Pioneer Chic. <laughs> so, despite the semi-costumes, the women actually do it with very little, very little hesitation. And Heather explains, again, that this is about the fun parts. Here's another thing. People on social media were like, Heather, ribs, that, and this and that, and this and that. That's not Mormon. That's not Pioneer. And even though Heather does specifically say Pioneers here, again, I think this is just to be something fun about just stereotypical Mormon family things. Do you really want to eat Pioneer food for the Pioneer yeah. days? You'll get dysentery. And just have a sense of humor, people. Like, it's just ridiculous. And um, Some people are like, I thought you were trying to get away from the Mormon religion. That's not so much the Mormon religion, that was the Mormon culture. Yeah, like, that was just growing up. how you got to where you are, to your an it's, it's your ancestors. It's yes. always going to be a part of you. Yes. So um, everyone jump off of your stuff. Oh. And you know what? Go grab a jar and jerk it off and get out. <laughs> Bring your butter. <laughs> Guys, first of all, six minutes of vigorous shaking is a long time. And well, you, what's good about it is you could switch hands. Well, that's true, too. But don't tell me that Meredith did not shake that jar the whole time. She had to have done it for like a half hour. And never ended up with butter. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how determined she is to make this work. Meredith's commitment to this shaking of the cream is just true, beautiful television. It just makes me sit like on and the porn music while they're shaking the jars. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's you know you know screw shake weight. You know you don't need shake weight because man, those pioneer women they probably had forearms like oh yeah, like yeah. just huge. Yeah. I mean, my mind straight goes to sex, but this is a family podcast. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, they make dolls and introduce them by name. Of course, Monica is the only one who gives, like, a shady introduction of her doll. Meredith is still churning. <laughs> um, then we have the Pioneer Lunch. Of course, everything is not traditional. 
Uh, it's more about like current comfort Mormon food, but it's just like meat and potatoes and vegetables. Y'all, potatoes is a thing here in Salt Lake City or all Mormon families. It's really essentially like a hash brown casserole, but with a special little touch, right? Mm-hmm. But I've lived here for five and a half years, and I know plenty of Mormons and former Mormons, and not a one of them, despite my constant begging and pleading, have ever made me funeral potatoes. I've still never had funeral potatoes. Oh, you know what? I've got an idea. You know, they're called funeral potatoes. They make them during funerals. That's fake my death. And everybody sit there and say beautiful things to me while I'm laying in the casket. And as soon as all of the funeral potatoes and after everybody has spoken, then we'll I'll wake up and be like, oh my gosh, hallelujah, or whatever. And we'll eat funeral potatoes. I would die. I would seriously die. I hate that idea. <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to think about your passing for a single moment. Uh, you're not going to be able to talk. You'll be there forever at my funeral. Oh, my I'm God. <laughs> so Lisa has never had funeral potatoes. Isn't that crazy? See, she's on a, she's on a Utah Mormon. That's why she's got her own version of Mormonism. She, she, and I love that at one point. She's like, I'm sh- I don't think that the Book of Mormon, like in the Book of Mormon, they are eating ribs and all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, you've never even read Book of Mormon. Seriously. <laughs> now, is there a rule somewhere? that on all housewives, when you play a game, it has to be a shady game. I kind of feel like the producers are like, do you guys have any shady games that we could play? (laughs) Miss Heather Gay, how did you think this was going to go any other way? And starting off with Lisa was kind of irritating because we didn't get to go through any of the other girls. Well, actually, (laughs) let me say, I, I know that Heather was going into this thinking, all right, Monica and Lisa are making amends for this. So maybe she didn't think about it. Maybe it was being absent-minded. I don't know. But I don't see how it could have gone any other way on the Real Housewives of fill in the blank. You know? So the oxen are worn out. The winter has come. (laughs) The wagon is too heavy. One person has to go. Who do you throw off the wagon? The second to fattest person on the thing. <laughs> right. Because if you get stranded, you have to eat the fattest one. Right, right. I think that's smart. Yeah. Well, Lisa goes first. And since Lisa is such a big supporter of women, <laughs> she's going to pick the one person who is mean and mouthy and to women. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> and Mon- then Monica, who obviously is who she's talking about, counters that. What's nasty is when someone says that their mom doesn't want them. And Lisa's like, you called your mom Ted Bundy. (laughs) Even though Lisa doesn't really know the details of who Ted Bundy is. But But still, she's got the gist. (laughs) So they go back and forth about who is nastier. Monica Monica talks about who is uglier. And Monica mocks Lisa's voice. And then Lisa's like, oh, I'm so, thank you for for imitating me. (laughs) And then Angie K tries to stop it with her oopa glass breaking, which we know you're, we got it, you're great. Can we stop throwing glasses on the floor? It's scary, it's dangerous. Because for one, like a lot of women wear high heels and stuff. And two, kids might go up in that area. And sometimes you can't get all the glass. And also you're at a restaurant. (laughs) It's awful. So... Monica gets really upset that no one's really on her side because 
you know, Monica's blows are just a little bit. Here's my thing. Monica's blows are just 12-year-old insults. Very superficial. You're ugly. You're old. Mocking you your voice. Blah, 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 blah. I know who, what you are, but what am I? You know, just so really I intro. don't know. So all of the women are like, Monica, you can't go so low. But to me, I would be like, I don't even take her seriously because her insults are so stupid. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, it's like those insults may have, like, hurt my feelings back in the day, but, like, I'm an adult. I'm like, I don't care. So I do, you know, the women really do kind of all go against Monica here just because her insults, I guess, are And another thing, uglier. there's multiple women there that are older than Lisa right there. Yeah. And she's calling Lisa old. But I do, but I don't, it really was tit for tat. Yeah, it and was. because Monica's insults to me were just so ridiculous, I didn't feel like she was much more that she was being such so much more more horrible than Lisa was. I really do feel like it was tip for tat. Um, but Monica gets upset; she's such down. But Heather's like, "I don't know why you're so upset," and Monica's like, "Well, because you all took her side, and Heather, everyone's against me." Yeah, but Heather's like, "No, no, listen, it was tip for tat. You're with these women." Yeah. If you're going to say this stuff, if you're going to dish it, you got to be able to take it. But you know what? Lisa comes up and gives a perfect apology. Hey, listen. If you need for me to acknowledge that your mom's not nice to you, I'm sorry. And by me saying I saw her being nice does not mean I negate any of your feelings. She says exactly what Monica needs to hear. You and I were both like that. We're both like, wow. That was she really said all the right things. Very there. thorough, too. And it explained her side of the, the feelings and her and yeah, Monica's it side. Good. It was so and it, good. it blindsided Monica yeah. so bad that she doesn't know if she still wants to be mad, but she can't now. So right. she's just going to be quiet. But she does at least apologize for calling me ugly. Yeah, but then she cuts out. Like she shuts down completely. Yeah. Um, Meredith is still churning. <laughs> So Heather shows them all that they that the table decorations were actually invitations to a trip. She wants Monica to help reveal this trip, but Monica ain't done none of Um And <laughs> Monica says that she doesn't want to go. And at the end of the episode, Monica comments about how Jen Shaw used to have nothing nice to say about Heather and Lisa. And now she understands why. And I'm like, really? Are we going to let Jen Shaw be the... Uh, the voice of reason here. Yeah, and Monica just gets really dark at the end, and you know we're all going to Devil's Triangles where they belong in hell or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then she's like, "You guys killed Monica, like Taylor Swift said." She's dead, like Taylor Swift said. I was like, "Girl, what, girl?" I'm like, said... "Are you literally quoting Taylor Swift to like emote your feelings? Monica like you has... really are in middle school." She has some real maturity issues. My goodness gracious. Well, I'm going to do the mature thing, and I'm going to stop talking and take a little break. And um, when we get back, we will... Start with the next episode, with part two. Apologies. All right, bye. Bye. I feel done. I'm done. I'm spent. This is Heather Gay from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and you're listening to The Real House Bears Podcast.
that reminds me of the name of this title, I See Apologies. I did not like the name of this episode. I thought it was a very lazy name for the um, whoever titled this episode. I didn't even see any ice. I See Apologies. Has there not already been an I See Apologies episode in Salt Lake City of four seasons? I, I feel like that one episode where Heather and Jen Shaw go to the ice castle and sled, I'm sure there's some apology there. Absolutely. Lame. <laughs> Well, over at Angie K's, Heather arrives. Of course, Angie has a charcuterie board. That view at Angie's house is, that's the best view in Utah. It's (laughs) so pretty. Um, They toast to Pioneer Day. Um, And then Heather asked, where did it go left? I was like, (laughs) I just wrote down, now Heather. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Heather talks about the three sides of Monica, the up, happy, charming, fun side, the angry, vicious, and mean side, and the detached and vacant side. And then they show Jen Shaw being those same three sides. So Heather's concerned about the trip. Like, she's like, I don't want Pioneer Day Part 2 in Bermuda. In a, in a different country? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so Angie K just like, you know, meet with Monica, talk it out. And Heather's like, well, I'll, I'll see Monica at Meredith's jewelry event, to which Angie K was not invited. <laughs> Poor Angie K. <laughs> she didn't get invited to Palm Springs. Now she, I mean, I'm surprised that it's just so deep. Right? Yeah, I'm really surprised that it's so... I, maybe I'm just missing something. Hmm. You don't want to even start with me, sweetie pie. I'm really surprised that it's this deep. Um, what is even more deep is Whitney and Justin in their Tesla wearing matchy Gucci t-shirts. <laughs> like, that is deep. Justin, you gotta stop dressing. Like you're dressing when you go on to like watch what happens, watch live. What happens live. I'm I I need to put my foot down. <laughs> you need to stop. You need to stop dressing in all those designer brands and like bejeweled pants and stuff. Like you need to stop because it just be an older guy. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. We love you. Stop we we love you and we support you, but I don't support these clothing options. I don't. <laughs> so they're coming from therapy and as someone who's been to couples therapy in a very strained relationship I could relate to like after therapy sometimes you just feel worse than you did going in maybe even most of the time yeah it's kind of a double edged sword My, I never felt so bad after therapy but my ex always did <laughs> hey what can I say? They're they're professionals. They know what they're talking about. Um, Justin prefers just talking to their couple friends. It's like, who needs therapy when we've got Meredith and Seth? Yeah. <laughs> Seth tells me that I'm right. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I support it. I support that as well. Um, but Whitney gets a message that her friend Sherry is being intubated. And Sherry has been fighting cancer. Um, Sherry's been Whitney's friend for a very long time, been to all of her important life events. I remember 
watching this kind of unfurl on Whitney's social media at the time. Um, Whitney is feeling really helpless, and I'm feeling really helpless, not to make it about me again, but I don't like her calling Justin J. I'm not a fan of that either. Just so like I'm going to put my foot down, and I don't like this name J anymore. Well, here's the deal. It's like Mo. And with Mo, yeah. Kyle and Mauricio were fine until she started calling him Mo. Y'all, when it started happening, Bear could not contain his hate, hate for I'm it. I'm still so upset about it. Well, it, it, it was because they were getting a divorce. And yeah, now that's why their marriage is falling apart. And now Whitney and Justin's marriage is going to fall apart because she's calling him Jay. You heard it here first. Nicknames kill uh, well, relationships. Well, bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> shorter, shorter one. Short nicknames of a name. <laughs> Read the room. The timing is not right. Um, but Whitney seems to kind of like have an awakening moment here of like, you know what? Everything that I'm going through is small stuff. Everything that we're going through is small stuff. We keep focusing on the bad things in life. We need to focus on the good things that we have in life. At least we want, we, at least we both want to stay married, right? Right? Oh, yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Right, right. 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 You do, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Over at Toscano. Alaska Garana. Cochita Toscano. Yeah, there we go. Toscano <laughs> Lisa is wearing red. <laughs> right? Like, Lisa <laughs> is wearing red. I just, I, I feel like she says a little bit of foreshadowing right here to what's going to come up. And here's she... where she's wearing the NGK glasses. I even wrote it down. Um, you know, Lisa admires Meredith's jewelry. Meredith asks Lisa if she is in a place of peace with Monica. And Lisa's like, I don't really know. I mean, it's really hard to tell with her. Um, well, you know how in previews coming up meredith is in the hospital all of a sudden yes well i think right here she kind of like foreshadows it because she says she keeps getting muscle cramps and is dehydrated oh. all the time i'm like You're... you are such a sleuther I, I just pay attention to people's grief and <laughs> Dude, pain unlike some people yeah um let's talk about me mm -hmm. i'm just kidding uh, but they talk about Monica's low blow insults. And again, I just like, y'all, these are such immature insults. Why do you even take them? Why do you even care about them? They're old jokes, too. Uh, Meredith asks Lisa if she told Angie Kay. As, uh, Meredith really approaches them like, she's like, listen, I've heard something and I just want to clear it up with you. I'm not mad. Yeah, I just this want to figure it out. Our agreement is mm -hmm. that when we hear something or feel something, we're going to talk about it. So here I am. Did you tell Angie K that I threatened her? <laughs> and Lisa's like, no, I just like recapped what you said outside the restaurant. No, if I were to go for the jugular and talk about the sh the rumors and nastiness about her, I'll let you do that. Do you I know can... what? You want me to go there with her husband? I can go there. Yeah. And Meredith's like, okay. And it was kind of fine. Yeah. Um, but and Lisa even says to her, like, listen, I, I, like, support you and love you, but the way you talk about others' relationships and stuff, it's like a pattern. And yeah. I don't, it's icky. I don't like it. Yeah, the, this is what, that's where the conversation turned around. Yeah. Because Lisa's, like, explaining away what she told Monica, and things were going really well until Meredith says, yeah, so we're kind of saying the same thing. And Lisa's like, no, we're not mm -mm. saying the same thing. I don't like the way that you talk. I don't like the way that you threaten. I don't like that pattern, like you said. 
And now Meredith is upset that Lisa is bringing this up now instead of bringing it up to her right away. And yes. I'm like, well, it's kind of had to become a kind of a pattern. She she did talk about it with a lot of the other ladies first. But, right. Uh, so now every, each one of them has something to be mad about. <laughs> and Meredith's like, listen, Lisa, you and I are the same. We just like you reacted to Monica's bad behavior. And then by Monica deflecting and making it about herself, she's gaslighting. Same situation here. I did react to Angie Kay's bad behavior. Mm -hmm. But now Angie Kay's the one who's doing the gaslighting and blah, 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 blah. So they really don't see eye to eye about this. Meredith really gets offended that Lisa pumped the brakes with Meredith, but didn't necessarily pump any brakes with Angie Kay. Yeah, I just I really don't think Meredith understands where Lisa's coming from about this. And that Meredith, at one point, she's like, you know, everybody's got rumors. You've got rumors about your relationship. Blah, blah, blah's got relationships. They're not true. And I'm like, but you're still fueling these. You, I, you used it as a threat, claiming that it's probably true. And the best part is she ends this scene with an empty threat by saying, <laughs> well, you know, karma always comes back to get shot. Let me make this clear. I am not the one bringing the tornado through. Nor do I feel I need to be. Because I know. Karma comes back. It does. <laughs> right, right there, you're already insinuating. And it's like, she, and she's like, just because you threaten it doesn't mean you're gonna do it. I'm like, I'm like what? I love this it. is what she's upset about is that you're threatening it, right, that you did right. it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just too much. And I'm, I'm like, Meredith, I, uh, I don't think it you got it laugh. all together right now. It makes me laugh. I, I it makes me laugh so hard. Um, I could not laugh at Mary's wig in this next uh, scene. That asymmetric, asymmetrical kind of wannabe bob cut I mean it was like a good idea just that didn't turn out so great <laughs> but that cake looked good whenever we go to Mary's house I'm always just like here we go here we go buckle up everybody what's gonna happen well that cake looked good at least that cake uh, yeah. looked way better than her hair did that carrot cake yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> did you notice that <laughs> on that little table behind Mary's couch, there's like a, a bridge. Yes, like a light up, like it almost looked like it lit up or had sparkles on it or something. I'm like, where did that come from? What How is, is it that we, there's this book that I read a long time ago called The House of Leaves and the inside of the house was larger than the outside circumference of the house. And that's the way I feel Mary's is because I feel like <laughs> rooms that we've already seen, if you see it just yes. from like, like, two steps over another angle, something else will appear. Yes. Like, what's that famous Escher drawing where it's all the stairs, they're all going in yes. different directions? I'm, I feel lost in her house. Or it's also like in Harry Potter when they go to the Quidditch Cup and their tents end up being big, giant houses Yeah, inside. that's what it's like. It's, yes. But I, I just don't, I, it, it's, you know, it's, and it's almost like you could just like stop it and do one of those I Spy games, like where you have to <laughs> yeah. find the image. <laughs> or where's like where's Crystal? Or, yeah. <laughs> Girl, I think she made it out. <laughs> so, you know, Monica comes over. Mary tells her that you know she really just stays away as much as possible to to keep from losing her mind, unlike the way she lost her mind on Whitney. And she encourages Monica to not let anyone in the group get her so riled up 
that she loses her mind. <laughs> and Monica's like, well, you know, Lisa makes me lose my mind. And, you know, I, the real breakdown was when I called Lisa materialistic. <laughs> and he's like, well, what makes you think that Lisa is that way? <laughs> it's, it's the fact that Monica's like, well, ever since I called her materialistic, Lisa, Lisa hasn't liked me. And I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> but Monica's Lisa, this is like a real full-on Lisa imitation of Monica here. And it made me laugh. <laughs> and Monica uh, also says, well, she's wrinkly, and I mean that. And I meant that. I'm like, God, you are just so immature. You don't know what you're doing. But, Mary, listen, no wonder Mary is a pastor, because, you know, those who can't preach. Because she's like, you know what? You don't want to be a grudge holder. Being a grudge holder would just, like, weigh you down. <laughs> and it's like, Mary. I was like, haven't three of your last, like, scenes on this episode is you holding a grudge against somebody else. <laughs> and the way that Monica talks to people is very similar to the way that Mary talks to people when she's mad. Mm-hmm. It's really... That's it's, really a, it's a weird connection. I didn't see this happening. It's funny irony, though. Let's change the subject. Whitney's in the car, and GK calls to offer her condolences. Sherry had just passed the night before. Whitney's having a hard time wanting to go to Meredith's event, but she thinks Sherry would want her to. Plus, it might just be good to be around her friends. Yeah, if you just sit at home, you just keep thinking about that. The hurt. Yeah, it's all, when you don't want to be stuck in your head, the absolute best thing you can do is get out of the house. The best thing to do is go shopping for Jack at the Mormon store this... with Lisa. This is the funniest, most insane moment. I never imagined how much I would love Lisa Barlow. Lisa. Like, this. Lisa Barlow as a mom is so extra Lisa, too. Oh, God, this scene is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I, that's the first thing I wrote. I love this scene so much. I love Lisa in this scene. Like, she wants to go clothes shopping. Like, she picks out the flashiest and fanciest suits. Like, this, you're going on business meetings and stuff. You're going to go to you're gonna go to clubs. <laughs> She's like, these brown pants can be jungle sheep. She's like, I love that this store has like a modern approach to like missionary wardrobe. But I have never seen a Mormon here that isn't wearing the black pants, white shirt, black yeah. tie. But that's probably why I haven't seen them. Is right. Because they're not wearing that. True, true. <laughs> well, Jack has had enough. Poor, J- <laughs> Poor Jack is trying to be so calm and let his mom be a part of this. But he's so done. He needs he needs a break. And you can see why in this scene. Yeah. But Lisa goes in out on how hard this is going to be for her. <laughs> yes, for her. And then she brings up, like... <laughs> Remember what you used to say, baby, when you were little? My heart beats to mom. <laughs> to mom. To mom. <laughs> and, like, he's, he's like, mom... I'm 18 and I need some space, you know? And he's like, you were, like, getting into Russian mobsters limos at 18. <laughs> like, you got to let me fly. Let me go a little bit. And she can't. Like, she can't. She, has, she she keeps on going. She keeps giving more, like, mom, like, hallmark emotional things, you know? Like, any kind of a hallmark commercial right. about Christmas and kids and stuff. <laughs> and, like, she's like, you're even going to be gone for Christmas and the holidays, too? Like, make them feel. And he, like, the only thing he responds back with is, 
yeah well it'll be nice to get away <laughs> well i did like his point of like i'm looking forward to coming back and being seen as a man <laughs> i thought that was a very valid point for an to not and to not see me as a child i've yeah. had i've had this issue with some of my sit like one of my sisters at least and pretty much my whole family where i had a tr transition from being just their little brother to i'm i'm an adult i bought a bed yeah you did <laughs> yeah you, that's why we didn't have an, a, a podcast episode last week because we got a new bed yeah we couldn't get out of it no, we did get a new bed but we got out of it. um it also reminded me of when my mom dropped me off at college i i i my best friend was with her and they both cried the whole entire way home. So, my mom was never like that. My mom always cracked jokes with me, and we laughed and stuff. She was never—I've never seen no, my on mom on the way home, not on the way down. Either way, my mom, I, my mom, <laughs> my mom. I remember this one time when I was at um, ROTC camp, a uh, boot camp, for two weeks, and the, they didn't tell us that they had to tell our parents to come at ten o'clock to watch the final march and then bring us home after the two weeks. And so we had to use one of the ladies' cell phones there because she was the only cell person in line that, or there that had a cell phone. And so all the all of these young freshmen to senior boys are in line calling their parents, and every single one of them is crying. And so I get on the phone with my mom, and I'm like, "Hey, mom, I'm like, you need to come down at ten. And she's like, "Oh, okay, that's what she's like. You having fun?" I'm like, "Yeah, but everybody's crying talking to their mom, so I'm not gonna cry, and I'm just gonna say I love you. Bye." <laughs> Uh, well, next we have Heather and Monica at another nameless restaurant. Mm. But Heather arrives looking so effing hot. She feels so comfortable to wear open uh, midriff. Yes. You know, it, girl. You're working crops. It's looking good, good, good. Um, Monica arrives with a box of stuff, which we almost never find out what it is until the very end of the episode. And I do have to say, carrying around a large liquor box kind of tacky whether you have liquor in it or not you're in the real housewives of salt lake city girl you better step your game up i only know this because i've done this once where i've had presents inside of a box and i guess it was quote unquote tacky so i had to put wrapping paper around even the box that it was holding who said it was tacky me no oh but I'm just saying, like, it's so, like, I know things. Like, you etiquette, know things. Yes, etiquette. Well, Heather immediately gets into, um, are you going to Bermuda? And Monica gives a very convincing, no, I'm not going. And Heather's like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but Monica gives Heather an apology. She's like, listen, I was so honored, you know, to include me in this trip planning situation going for my birthday. I ruined it. And I'm really, really sorry. And Heather really isn't quite trusting her right now. But it does. It, it ends up cute. <laughs> it ends up cute. It ends up cute. Uh, quit calling people old and wrinkly. Yeah, just stop calling people old and wrinkly. And she's like, we're all middle-aged. That's a fact. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I can't with Monica. No one wants to be reminded of that, ever. <laughs> Don't try to rationalize. Uh, no. So at Meredith's Plated by Meredith Marks Jewelry Collection, this is jewelry for people who can't maybe really afford the high-end fine jewelry. I didn't see anything, anything lower than well, $1,300. Yeah, that's the thing. But she said that the plated line 
was like a like around five hundred dollars. Yeah, so I, I think they were just showing like her her, her fine jewelry stuff. that was also there. But I mean, also think about how how many. I mean, think about how expensive Lisa Barlow's ring was. So think about how expensive they their their what fine think. jewelry is compared mm-hmm. to what our fine jewelry is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Walmart, honey, they have like good fake like zirconia. <laughs> um, Seth and Brooks both look very handsome. Um, Heather comes with some churned butter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I now I want to try this now. I want to try to what I do my own butter. I want to see what that's like. Um, we still don't know what's in Monica's box. The alcohol box. <laughs> Whitney arrives looking way better on the outside than she feels on the inside. She looks quite glamorous. I was wondering why Justin didn't go with her. I didn't see Justin there. Um, I didn't see any other husbands other than Seth because it was his wife. Gotcha. Um, she immediately tells Meredith about Sherry passing. Meredith, well, Meredith sees, like, there's something wrong. Are yeah. you okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really kind of hard. Like, you want to go there and you don't want to make it about you. but you're You also really want to let everybody know what's going on. <laughs> and you're hurting so bad that you can't help but say it. Yeah. And show it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a Whitney does really make this about herself a lot, but I don't blame her for it. You just kind of, again, you're hurting so bad. You yeah. You kind of can't help it. Yeah. Um, I kind of love Meredith's latex confessional outfit. That, like, burgundy one? Yes. I like it better than all of Erica Jane's latex ones because hers look like fetish wear. They look like costumes. Yeah, but Meredith's, I don't know. I was into it. Um, but <laughs> Whitney did decide that Sherry would want her to drink. <laughs> yeah, that's like that. Focus on all the the good parts instead of all the like missing out on all those things. Be glad that you experienced them and can relive them for her. Yes. So Heather goes up to give Whitney a hug, and in true Mormon fashion, um, Heather tells Whitney, "It's okay to departmentalize. Just you know, turn it off." Yeah. If you know the music, Book of Mormon musical, turn it off. That that. It's like a light switch. You turn it off. You turn yeah. off your emotions. You make it go away. But it's also kind of smart for her to do that, too, because it just happened. Whitney's in shock. Compartmentalize. Do what you need to do to get through this right now. Right. It, deal with each emotion as it comes to you, as, as you need to work on it. Stuff. Right. Because um, right. when I, I can't compartmentalize, so everything falls on me at the same time. So, um, yeah. I'm quite a good compartmentalizer. So Lisa jumps in with, like, this real high energy essentially ignores Whitney and gives like we Heather pens <laughs> cannabis presents. Hey, Lisa, where's our... I have mixed feelings about it. Whitney is pretty pissed about it, though. <laughs> I'm... Uh, and um, I um, agree, because everybody else shows up and kind of reaches out to Whitney right away. So it's weird, because Lisa has already, you know, offered her condolences via text. She's already sent flowers. So why hasn't she immediate, and especially since, you know, just why hasn't she already immediately gone up to Whitney and been like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. So let me know if there's anything I can do for you. I, I, I hate saying this, but Lisa has glasses on that are just mirrored looking back at herself. 
like she only kind of sees like she kind of like yeah she feels bad and she thinks it time to time but she's on Lisa mode well right she's now. in her head a lot too yeah she's on Lisa, Lisa mode. really lives in her head like people comment about how she blinks a lot because you can just tell like the the wheels are always just a churning in her head. That's why she can't hear things that people are saying to her. Um, but anyway, Meredith gives a speech to thank everyone. She also thanks Seth for not for never putting the brakes on. Did you catch that shade? Right yeah, there? was it shady? I thought so. I mean, after they why? just talked about pumping the brakes with Lisa. Remember uh, earlier in this episode, there was like, I'm, I'm so upset that you pumped the brakes with gotcha. me, but you didn't pump the brakes with Angie K. I didn't catch that. And I now just, she thanks Seth for never pumping the brakes. I just thought she was saying thanks for never making me give up. Maybe I read too much into it, but I thought it was really No, shady. that was good. No, read into it. <laughs> so Lisa, Whitney, and Monica are looking at the jewelry, but Whitney just needs to get away from Lisa because Lisa still has not comforted her or even brought it up. Um, but Monica now has a really great conversation with Lisa Barlow and gives a really beautiful apology. This is the funniest moment. <laughs> this is <laughs> this really just shows who Lisa is. I love Lisa. Oh yeah, my she's gosh. Like, yes, keep telling me how wonderful I am. She's like, you are really good at apologizing. Like, it, keep it, it going. <laughs> like, I could live with this, Monica. You're really good at apologizing. It's so fun. She's just so funny. And she did that at the beginning of this episode, but with um, Heather. Because Heather gave her, got her all of the the fast food and the yes. favorite cupcakes and cookies. She's like, if you do this for me all the time, like, we'll be We're great. Best friends. <laughs> so Monica did not know that Jack was going to Colombia. Uh, Monica has family from there, from her dad's side, and really just kind of freaks out. Um, but by the end of the conversation, another one of my favorite Lisa moments is Lisa ends up with, she says, we're fine. We're fine. I feel like we are, right? I just have to check, right? We are fine, right? <laughs> She's like, I just need to double check to make sure we're good. <laughs> they are good. Um, Seth digs in into, like, who's Heather Perfect, who Heather's perfect man is. Uh, my husband. Um, yeah, I think we know who Yeah, that we is. know who Heather's perfect match is. Hi, everybody. So, my name's Corey. Well, the only thing is, he, he loves dick. <laughs> And I will drink to that. You know what? I'm going to drink to that, too. Cheers. Cheers. Lisa pulls Whitney aside to talk about her lunch with Meredith. <laughs> Not to talk to Whitney, but to talk about her lunch with Meredith. Whitney's like, listen, I am not. I mean, how many times this season? Has Lisa gone up to Whitney to talk about, like, Monica? And not heard a single thing that and Whitney, Whitney said. And Whitney also go, Lisa, I'm not interested in your conversation Yeah, I don't right know what, I don't know what this is. Right now. But luckily, Monica pulls them aside, saved by the bell for a minute. <sighs> I was really hopeful it would be the end of it, too. But No. Uh, but, you know, Lisa's like, you know, I just don't know how to deal with people who are born with grief. I don't know if I should say, say things. I don't know if I shouldn't say and things. And I was like, that was a good save. Now, Almost. retrospectively, now that you have already gone through this and thought about it and thought of a good excuse of why you did that, that was great. That's a great save, but I don't buy it. <laughs> right, yeah, it was a little bit too late for that. But Monica does a new, like, relaunch of the Bermuda trip. Um, some Bermuda rum, some Portuguese pastries, 
gives a great speech, talks about her heritage of Bermuda, and really salvaged herself from the pioneer day. Cheers to Bermuda. And then Whitney, you see Whitney Brooks talking about her losing, losing her friend. friend. And Monica finding people who are eating Stop the Stops those thieves. I mean, why would Scavengers. You, I mean, if I was at a party, would I would you touch food that wasn't on a food table? If I saw that there was a food table and then I saw that there was closed boxes of food on yes. a different table, I'd be like, maybe I'm not those aren't for me. But um, like those it, it almost was like they're grabbing a bottle and a box and we're gonna leave. <laughs> Thinking that it was like present like giveaway it's present like there was something. a chick ate the bow off heather dubrow yeah cake stop bringing seat. those people to your events invite <laughs> us us bears we won't do that we'll be very respectful so lisa finally approaches whitney and like it's too late whitney has nothing to say but accusations against lisa now and lisa is not the kind of person who can take immediate accountability Mm -mm. i'm not saying that lisa can't take accountability but she gets on the defense she doesn't like to be misread even though she's showing it that way i think she especially doesn't like to be misread on camera yeah but um lisa does really give this like lame excuse about you know, Whitney, I just can't keep a middle checklist of what is going on with that. That's not what? a very good thing to say because uh. she just told you this, and it's kind of a big deal. And if n- even that, even a day like even the day of saying something about it and still not bringing it up when you see her, it, just shows that you're not thinking about your friend. True. I, I'm sorry. But then Lisa does, for what feels like five minutes, do nothing but apologize. Yeah. As Whitney is. Kind of doing that same thing when she was talking about we don't say cuss words in this house. Yeah. Just kind of saying the same thing a lot and circling back to things that she had said a few minutes ago. And and in that situation when somebody's grieving, don't make excuses. Just hug. Say you're sorry. What can yeah. I do for you? I'm there for just uh, just keep saying those key words no, Lisa, and let them ex- let them get out their issue, their um, hurt. But Lisa instead infers that maybe Whitney is upset that she's friends with Heather. <laughs> So um, Lisa even tells her, like, listen, you've even got flowers on your way to the house. And Whitney's like, I don't care about the flowers. I, I wanted you. I needed my friend to reach out to me. And then it becomes to everything's about you, Lisa. Lisa really is trying to be polite. She's like, I'm sorry for your grief, but I'm not going to cop to what you're accusing me of. Does she need an abacus to keep track of that? And Lisa storms off, takes off her mic. She's done. She's leaving, but Whitney actually walks back in. And that was some icy apologies. <laughs> I mean, there's actually some really good apologies in there from my there two were, really actually. good ones. Like You're right. outstanding Lisa ones. So and this Monica icy apologies and like Emmy Award nominating. Yeah. So this I agree. Apologies. This ice what should it be called? I think it should be called like, Warm Apologies. Um Dead Friends in Bermuda or something. <laughs> No, that's horrible. Um, I don't know. What should it be? The uh, the uh, the Bermuda restart. I don't know. That's stupid. This is Obviously, stupid. Obviously, we're doing as good as the writers. Are. Like, look at our ta- look at our name of our podcast, The Real House Bear. It's like we're oh, really yeah, so smart creative. about making. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> making catchy phrases. <laughs> well, we give you a, a warm apology for not having an episode last week. 
Um, but here we have a big episode for you coming up. Yeah, really long. Right and uh, we also give you a warm apology if the sound quality, if we didn't get that all figured out all right. We also, <laughs> I, I, I really think that we need to do a special Real House Bears podcast episode, and it's not about the Real Housewives at all. It's about just us. And um, it's about our uh, video of ghost hunting with uh, Amazon. Uh, let's talk to Dre and Paul and see if they can, we can get them in on it and let's do an episode. It'd be hilarious, like, because it's, it's almost too funny to not be able to, like, show it, like, to tell people about it. Okay, sorry, folks. You have no idea what we're talking about, but we were on a ghost, ghost hunting show. It came out on Amazon. We got to see it. I don't even want to say anything about it because... I mean, if you guys have seen Showgirls, you know, like, it's so bad, it's good. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like the Showgirls of, of Ghost Hunting shows. <laughs> and we're the Showgirls of, of Real Housewives podcasts. Yes, <laughs> so you can that. follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are The Real House Bears. On Twitter X, we are Real House Bears. You can email us at therealhousebears at gmail.com and you can buy merchandise, even a hot closet t-shirt. Listen, don't let the hot closet die just because we're building in our living room now. That'll be like a vintage collector's piece. Yes, it's going to be That'll worth, let people know you're an OG of The Real House It's going Bears. to be worth $62,000 someday. Soon, probably. So you can buy merch at our website, realhousebears.com redbubble.com you can also watch us on youtube and spotify and you could see our new setup as well <laughs> and we have better video now because like i turned my phone around so it does like cinematic and it's like 4k or something like that um, and you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts and if you listen to any podcast or if there's like any rating system on that site please give us a five star rating and a cute little review and we will make you hashtag House, House Bears, Bears Famous. famous. Uh, thank you, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Bye. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.